Well, good morning. Welcome to Apostles Houston. I'm lead pastor David Cumbie. I want to thank you for worshiping with us on this second Sunday of Easter. You know, my family and I, we love to take road trips. And this past summer, we took a road trip to the Grand Canyon and it was amazing. It did not disappoint. And we, we hit Carlsbad Caverns. We went to Davis Mountains and McDonald Observatory. We stopped uh, in Santa Fe. And I think that was the highlight for my kids. That was the favorite thing we did was we went to the Meow Wolf exhibit and they loved it. Uh, but my favorite thing about our trip was actually the road trip itself. It was being in the car with my family. I loved singing at the top of our lungs songs from The Greatest Showman. I loved uh, hopping out and getting roadside selfies with our family. I loved just those little moments, those little conversations that we had together, getting to see just a glimpse of how my kids' personalities are really starting to develop. And for me, it was less about the destination and way more about who I was with. And I think there's a truth in that when it comes to our life with God. I think where we're headed with Jesus is great, but the joy of the journey really is about who we're with. It's about being with Jesus. You know, in the gospel of Luke, um, he tells a story of two guys on a journey and it's less about the destination and more about who they're with. They're with the risen Jesus. And so I wanna read you that story. And so if you wanna grab your Bible and look at Luke chapter 24, you can follow along online. This is what Luke says happened. Now that same day, two followers of Jesus were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. 
And there they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. What an amazing journey these guys had with Jesus on the road that day. And you know, the good news for us today is that wherever we are in our journey, the risen Jesus wants to walk with us. And so this morning, I want us to look at Luke 24 and I wanna ask, what can it teach us about our own journey with God? And so as we start, I do wanna just say, I'm greatly indebted to a good friend of mine, Pastor Jeremiah Morris over at Seven Mile Road. This is a, a passage that he's passionate about and he shared some of his insights with me. And so I just wanna say thank you to Jeremiah and to our friends at Seven Mile Road. But the question is, what can Luke 24 teach us about our own journey with God? And I think there's two things. The first is that we journey together. In the story, there's two men walking together on the road. At the end of the story, the two men go back to the city of Jerusalem and they find the community of Jesus followers and they get together with them and share what's happened to them on the road. And there's a reason for that. It's because Jesus didn't call a disciple, he called disciples. He created this whole community around him. And then he invited 12 to draw closer to him and another three to draw even closer to be with him. See, Jesus didn't wanna go through life alone. And then he taught his disciples how to do life together. At one point, he sent out his followers to tell other people about him and his kingdom. And as he did, he told them to go two by two. He sent them out together and he sent them to be in homes and to be with people just like he had been with them. He taught them how to do life together. And so these guys are just doing what Jesus has taught them to do as they go down the road, they are journeying together. Now, what are they doing as they walk? Well, verse 14 tells us they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And what had happened? Jesus had come into Jerusalem like a king only to be crucified and buried a few days later. And so they're processing all of this together. They're talking through this. And then someone else joins them on the road and it's Jesus. And we're told that they don't recognize Jesus. We're not told why or how, but they don't know that it's him. And so this strange moment in the gospel of Luke, you've got two men telling Jesus about Jesus. And what they tell him is that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth and that this man they had trusted and they had followed. And this man had loved them and they had grown to love him. And even more than that, they had hoped, it says, that he would be the one, the one who would redeem Israel, the Messiah. But then he'd been crucified. And so they're devastated. And you can almost hear in the way they tell the story to Jesus, their pain. You can, you can feel how much it hurts them. And they open up not only to each other, but they show a level of, of honesty and vulnerability and are just real about what they're experiencing and what had to be the most difficult moment of their life. You know, in our highly individualistic culture, we're not very good at that. We're not very good at, at sharing in a way that's honest and vulnerable and real with other people, especially when it comes to what's going on inside of us in our own lives. I remember talking to a friend of mine who was 
sharing that he had a great job and a beautiful wife, and yet he was totally miserable in his life. And when I asked him about why he felt that way, he basically said, you know, I go to work every week and then I get off on Friday and I meet all my friends at the bar and we get drunk and then we get up and we go and we do it again. And he said, that used to be fun to me, but now it just feels so hollow. And I'll never forget, he said, he said, I just feel like there has to be something more. We never talk about anything that seems to matter. And you know, right now, people are talking a lot about what really matters in our lives. And that's a great thing. And one of the things that I hear people talking a lot about is community. But you know, our world offers a lot of things that I would say pass as real community, but aren't. A version of community that like my friend pointed out, just only go to a certain point and never go further. That never seem to, to allow us to let our guard down and get real with each other. And the question is, why is that? Why is that true? I think there's a lot of reasons for it. In part, I think it's because of technology. I think we're all experiencing that right now. I mean, Zoom is okay, but it is nothing compared to the real thing. And I think social media can be a really good thing, but it can also be a dangerous thing because it can convince us that we have meaningful connections with other people when in fact we don't. It can invite us to curate a version of ourselves online that just isn't real. It invites us to relate with other people without ever actually looking them in the eye and saying anything that's real. I think we, we don't get real with others in part because of our technology, but I think it's also because we're afraid. I think it's our pride. I think it, it leads us to protect ourselves. If people knew the real me, they would judge me or they might reject me. Getting real is risky. I think too, we don't get real because we're so busy. We fill our lives with all kinds of activity and all kinds of things that mean that we don't have to be real with ourselves and we don't have to be real with others. And so the truth is you may get thousands of likes. You may have lots of friends, you may be married, you may have a family, and yet you feel incredibly alone. And that's because there's no honesty. There's no vulnerability. There's no community. And so you're aching for it. And so how do we find real community? How do we learn to journey in this life together? Where do we start? Honestly, I think it just takes some guts at first. It takes a level of courage to kind of break the ice, to pull back the curtain, to say, I'm not gonna pretend anymore and I want to get real with another person. You know, a number of years ago, Langley and I were really struggling in our marriage. And maybe, you know, if you're married, you can relate to this, but we were together, but we weren't together. We were talking, but we weren't talking. We were in the same house, in the same bed. We were parenting the same kids. And yet somehow we were drifting further and further apart. And you know what changed that? It was one morning Langley got up and she decided, she, she says, God made the choice really clear for her. And what she chose was courage. What she chose was to say, I'm hurting. 
I need help and I'm not okay. And when she did that, when she got real and vulnerable, I started to get more real and vulnerable. And then slowly over time, we started to recover that intimacy and that vulnerability and that honesty that we had lost. And we started to create space in our marriage for compassion and for forgiveness and for love for each other. But what it took was one of us being really honest. One person willing to say, I am living a lie. I'm living in this darkness, this sin, this place where I can't shake the pain and the loss and the guilt, a place where you have to admit, I cannot carry this anymore on my own. And Jesus says, don't carry that alone. Jesus says, don't let that darkness in your life swallow you up. Bring it out into the light. He says, be real with one another. And maybe the thought of that, of being real with another person, I mean, really real, terrifies you. But I want you to know what's true. What's true is that the risen Jesus has taken the very thing that you're afraid of, the sin, the guilt, the shame, the rejection. He's taken all of that and he's dealt with it on the cross. When he died on the cross, he took away the power of those things against you. And Jesus is inviting you to step out because you don't have to be afraid anymore. You can step out into the light in Jesus where there's compassion and there's forgiveness and there's healing. And here's what's really beautiful about that. What's beautiful about that is if you step out, it creates space for someone else to step out, for someone else to step out into that light, that space with Jesus. You see, Jesus creates space for us to be real. I love how the apostle Paul says it. He says that in Jesus, there's freedom. It is for freedom in Christ that he has set us free, free from sin, free from guilt, free from shame. And so that's why we need each other. That's why we need to journey in this life together. It's one of the reasons here at Apostles, we really encourage people to find ways to be in community. One of the reasons we encourage people to, to try a life group it's because in a life group, we can step into this way of Jesus together. We can pray together and for each other. We can learn from the scriptures and understand who Jesus is and his story. Together, we can share meals. We can serve and care for each other. And we enter into that, that community together because in Christ, we have been set free. And so Jesus invites us to journey together. We cannot do it alone. And then the second thing I think we learned from the story is that we're invited to journey with Jesus. We journey with Jesus. These guys, they didn't walk just the two of them. They walked with Jesus. This is what it says in Luke. When Jesus finally spoke, he said, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And it tells us that Jesus went on with them and they asked him, they begged him to stay with them and to have dinner with them. And then they went in and they sat and they enjoyed the meal. And when Jesus took the bread and he broke it, it says they saw 
that it was Jesus who'd been with them. And then he disappeared. It's interesting to me, the first thing Jesus says to them is how foolish, how slow to believe. Why did Jesus say that? He said that because they believed the story was over. They believed Jesus was dead, that the story, the journey with Jesus had come to an end. And yet Jesus was right there on the journey with them. And so he invites them not only to see what has happened, but to understand what's happened. And the way he does that is he leads the Bible study to end all Bible studies. He opens up the scriptures and he walks them through the entire story of the Bible from the books of Moses through the prophets. And I imagine maybe he took them to Genesis chapter three and he reminded them that, that God said from the very beginning that one day a seed from the woman would come and crush the serpent's head and that the serpent would strike his heel. And so maybe Jesus said to them, don't you see what's happened at the cross and on the tomb? Don't you see that victory has to come through suffering? Maybe he took them to Exodus when God delivered his people out of slavery and reminded them of when God said, I want you to take the blood of the spotless lamb and I want you to spread it across the doorway so that death passes you over. Maybe he said to them, don't you understand that it's by the blood of the spotless lamb that God has set you free. Maybe he took them to the suffering servant in Isaiah who took our place and healed us by his wounds. Maybe he reminded them of the very wounds of Jesus. Maybe he took them to Ezekiel 36 where the Lord promises that the spirit of God will come and take our hearts of stone and instead give us hearts of flesh. Maybe he, he reminded them that Jesus was God in the flesh, that he shed his blood, died in our place, rose from the dead, all to deliver us, to free us, to heal us and give us life with God forever. So of course, of course they said to Jesus, please stay with us, tell us more. I love how it says that their hearts were burning within them, burning within them as he walked with them on the road and as he opened up the scriptures to them. Their hearts were on fire, no longer hearts of stone, but hearts of flesh because they had been with Jesus. You see, when we see who Jesus is, we can understand who we are. And when we understand God's story, we can understand our own circumstances. You know, right now we're all facing some really difficult circumstances. And the danger with our circumstances is always that they have the power to define who we are and how we live. Our circumstances, our, our past, our choices in life, they can threaten to define who we actually are. They can become the dominant story in our life that tell us this is who you are and you'll never change. But this, this was resurrection Sunday. And on the road that day, they walked with the resurrected Jesus. And the resurrection says that anything can happen. The resurrection says there is always hope. And so Jesus says, that the defining moment of your life and my life is not something we've done or something we haven't done. The defining moment of my life and your life is what Jesus did on the cross. He took all our shame and all our guilt, all our pain, 
all our lies and brokenness and sin on himself and said, it is finished. Jesus says life in this world is going to be difficult, but don't let that define who you are. Look to me, listen to me. Let me tell you who you are. You are beloved. You are a child of God. You are a son and daughter of the King. That is who you are. So Jesus invites us to go on this journey of life with him. He says, he'll set us free. He'll give us life that no circumstances can ever take from us. You know, the story ends with these two men going back to tell the others what had happened on the road that day, that Jesus was alive, that their hearts were burning within them because they'd been with Jesus and they've understood what he's done. When we know who we are and we understand the story of who Jesus is and what he's done, our hearts will burn and we won't be able to help ourselves go and tell others about Jesus. And so as we end today, I just wanna ask you, are you walking with Jesus? Because he wants to give you a new heart, a new identity that, that nothing, no circumstances in your life can take from you. Are you walking together? Jesus doesn't want you to walk alone. He wants us to walk with others in this life. And are you telling others? Are you sharing the good news of this risen Jesus? Let's go and tell others. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus has entered into this world and our journey. Lord, help us to see you in our own lives. Lord, help us to understand who you are so we can understand who we are. Help us to understand what it means to walk through life with you so that no matter what our circumstances, we know that you love us, we know who we are, and we know that you're always with us. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen.